my role models as men were all men that had gone through the Second World War in Holland. It left a lasting impression on these men and they didn't have a lot of time for bullshit. Know yourself, be yourself, and stick with it. No matter what. You're a man living in the modern world in a time when men and manhood are not what they once were. You live life on your own terms. You're self-sufficient. You think for yourself and you march to the beat of your own drum. When life knocks you down, you get back up because in your gut, you know that's what men do. You're a badass and a warrior. And on the days when you forget, we are here to remind you who you really are. Welcome to the Sovereign Man Podcast. I'm your man, Nikki Ballou, and I'm here with uh, Hugh Bambaris, a good friend of mine who's been involved in the work of men that I've been doing for 20 plus years. Welcome to the show, Hugh. Great. Thanks, Nikki. Uh, great to be here. All right. Now we can go back to Ballou and Van Maris, since that's how we know each other. Right. <laughs> right. Let's do Ballou and Van Maris. All right. So... So, Van Man, um, I've known you for a long time. You're uh, a man who I respect because you live your life as a masculine man. And um, not a lot of men in this day and age do that or understand it as well as you have. You've been involved in this work for quite some time. You've led organizations of men. And I think that you've got a lot of wisdom to share with these men. So, why don't we begin by just having you give us your background and how you came to be involved in the work of men? Well, that's that's a very long story. Uh, but, uh, you know, look, it goes like this. I'm a man I grew up, uh, you know, um, um, uh, in Holland. Um, I was born in the, in the late 50s. Uh, my role models as men were all men that had gone through, uh, you know, the Second World War in Holland, which is really, um, it, it left a lasting impression on these men. And it became also clear for them that, you know, um, they didn't have a lot of time for bullshit because they've never worked. You know, they, they lived on the five years of occupation in Holland. Uh, my dad was... Uh, 13 when the war started and 18 when it ended. Uh, so it left a lasting impression on them. the hardships, but also all the stuff that transpires, you know, all these details. So that was really my role models for men. They didn't really have a lot of time for bullshit. Um, there wasn't really a lot of excuses and stuff. It was, you know, uh, get with it, be a man and, uh, you know, put on your pants and, uh, you know, uh, go and do what you need to do. Um, and it also came from, you know, uh, a background of not having a lot of money. You know, there was no money around, uh, certainly not when I grew up. And that meant that, you know, as boys, we were just, we were leaning on one of another to grow up. So anyway, I, uh, that's, that's how it started. And then I got my, uh, I became a carpenter in Holland. But at that point in time, there was a bad, bad uh, recession going on. There were 10,000 unemployed carpenters, uh, no job. So I had an opportunity to take a job as a salesman for cut flowers in New York. Um, got on a plane uh, at 23. I had no driver's license even. And two weeks later, I'm a 
you know, driving by myself into Manhattan with my driver's license selling cut flowers. So it was a bit of an adventure. That's certainly it. Um, so that's the first thing. Then um, I had some family in, in, in Canada and my godfather lived in Canada and I went to visit him a couple of times. And at one point he said, don't you want to immigrate to Canada? And I said, sure, but it is hard. He says, oh, I'll help you. So he helped me out getting into Canada and I immigrated when I was 28. Then when I was 30 years old, I got married because this woman, she smiled at me and I thought that that was, you know, perfect. So that was a good reason to get married. And, uh, you know, I got laid, <laughs> you know, uh, she smiled and she was happy. But it was just the wrong woman for the wrong reason. So two years after that, I got divorced. Um, we both understood that this wasn't what it was supposed to be. Uh, we had no children. So it was an easy divorce, you know, uh, and that was it. And then I got involved with the men's weekend, uh, with the men's work, because uh, one of my cousins had done, uh, 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 was involved in a women's group, and she said there is, there is a men's group too. So that's how I you know, contacted somebody in the men's group, uh, did my men's weekend, and then, uh, you know, ended up being involved in it. So that's really my, how it started out, my whole involvement with the men's business and the men's group. Now, uh, just a little add-on to that. Uh, my cousin, who's a woman, um, you know, she saw me struggle with this whole problem or this whole divorce business. You know, you get divorced, you don't really know what's going on. Was it you? Was it her? What was it? You know, was it together? Um, and that's really the biggest struggle that was going on back then. So since my early 30s, from what the hell did I do wrong? I'm not a bad guy, but I couldn't make this work. And whether it all went wrong. Now, a lot of this became perfectly clear after I started to do this men's work. So, so yeah, what did you do wrong, as it were? <laughs> uh, well, um, instead of being me and being me in the relationship, I love to be what she thought I should be. That's really it. You know, I love to please, you know, did whatever the hell she wanted me to do. Uh, and then some, you know, uh, but what it did is that was no longer me. That was somebody else in a relationship that she didn't want because that's not who she married in the first place. But, you know, for me, that was the main concern that I had in my first marriage. You know, I, I tried to please and be somebody who I wasn't. I, I certainly wasn't, you know, and that didn't work. It, it certainly didn't work for me. And that, that spills over in not working for her either. Okay. So, so you weren't being yourself in the relationship. You were being a people pleaser. Is that something you see going on a lot today in 2022? Well, yeah, yes, that is certainly an issue. Um, it is easier to, you know, uh, uh, please somebody to the extent that they like it and are happy with it and say good job than it is to know yourself, be yourself, and stick with it, no matter what. Uh, it's much easier to just give in to not being yourself. And then just do whatever it takes to say, for somebody to say, oh, yeah, good job, I please you. Uh, which isn't, of course, who you are. 
And that is the 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 the, the, the physical or the, the mental struggle that I ended up being, right? You know, having having that struggle between the fact that, you know, I was doing something and I was pleasing all this stuff, but that wasn't really who I was. You know, I did. I, it, it's not like I don't like helping people and, and, and being, you know, because that is always been part of my life and it is part of who I am as a man. You know, if people need a hand, I just give them a hand, but it is different than pleasing people. So yeah. that's to me is, you know, the main concern. So Van Man, you get involved in this work, your eyes get opened up. Tell me in what way your eyes got opened up. What did you see about yourself as a man, how you were operating that wasn't working, not just, you know, you not being yourself in the relationship, but you as a man, period. And what ways of being did you take on as a man that had things work out better for you? Well, I'm not so much sure if it is taking on ways of being that I wasn't before. Um, it, it opened my eyes to who I was as a man. And that's what do you really mean not, when you say that? Well, it's not that complicated. It is. I'm a simple man. You know, I like to do some work and, you know, you get rewarded for it. Right. You don't get rewarded for it. It doesn't matter a damn thing because it all goes with the fact that you're doing something. I like building shit. If somebody calls me up and goes, can you help me uh, build a fence? I'll go and help build a fence. Not because he needs help, but because I like building shit. You know, so when it came down to these kind of things, that became important. You know, family was always important for me. Um, you know, it was important growing up and it is still important till this day for me. So that has always been the main issue. You know, um, my first wife didn't get along with my family at all. So as a consequence of that, we didn't really have a lot of contact anymore with the family. You know, now you can say from, well, she becomes the family. Yes, but it doesn't mean that all the other family goes away. You know, that, that those are things that, that become important and that you need to, you know, um, keep important in your life. So for me, you know, being an honorable man, you know, uh, being a family man, you know, uh, building stuff, you know, those are always things that were important to me and that counted. Now, if my first wife wanted to go ballroom dancing, I went ballroom dancing, but not because I liked it, but because I wanted to please her, you know, and it had nothing to do with building anything. Now, sure, you know, I might have enjoyed ballroom dancing after a while too, but that was never, you know, it wasn't my thing. It's the same as with sports, for example. I love to swim. I've been swimming since I was six years old. Love to go and swim. You know, I did it competitively. I played, I did water polo. Now, I don't mind going to play a game of golf, but it isn't my thing. You know, it's the same. I, I'll, I'll kick a ball around for some soccer, but it isn't my thing. Going swimming, that's my thing. How can you be Dutch and not be into soccer, man? What are you talking about, man? That's, just, that, that, that's a national sport in all of I know, I know. I'm, I'm, you know, it's, it's the exception to the rule. <laughs> we can go back. It, it has some, some bearing on my, you know, me personally. But, uh, you know, I was never allowed to play soccer when I was a little boy. The only thing I was allowed to do was swim. So that's where that came from. 
you know, uh, it has something to do with my phys- physical abilities, but it doesn't really matter. You know, I still like soccer. Just, did you I'm did you a- watch Did you watch it growing up? I mean, you you know, you oh, were yeah. a te- you were a teenager when the great Dutch total football teams were around. You know, with folks like your, Johan van Cruyff. You, you know, uh, it, it's it, 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 it was Holland's golden age of football, basically. It is, and you know, and it was, and it was very excited because of that. But it wasn't my sport, right? Uh, for example, you know, uh, I got tickets to the World Cup in the States. My dad came over from Holland, and we drove to a whole bunch of games that the Dutch team played uh, for the World Cup in, in in the United States years ago, right? In the '94, '94, '94 World Cup, yeah. It was awesome. It was awesome. It was a great trip with my dad. It was a great bonding experience that we've never had because we've never spent two weeks, just the two of us. Hadn't transpired in my whole life. You know, and here I had a chance to buy him some tickets, get him over here, and we drove around. We stayed in motels. We, we had a lot of fun, you know, and that was, uh, well, for me, it was one of the great, you know, memories that I have of my dad, that whole trip to, we went to Washington and Orlando and, you know, New Jersey. It was just, just awesome. That is awesome. That sounds spectacular. I'd have loved to have done something like that with my dad. Yeah. Yeah. And I did it again, although we got more tickets for the World Cup in France. Uh, you know, uh, but then I went with my dad and the two of my uncles and two of my brothers. So the six of us uh, went to see a bunch of games. But that's a different dynamic, right? So this 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 one trip it, it'll stick forever in my head. So anyway, I do like to watch soccer, and I'm very nationalistic when it comes down to it. Although Canada and Holland in the World Cup, it becomes a little harder. <laughs> Don't worry, Canada won't go far. Holland will. <laughs> I'll save you the trouble. <laughs> yeah, Holland just beat Belgium, and Belgium is the number two in the world. So, you know, yeah. it's going to have a good chance. So, you know, Holland has yeah. the players to, to be uh, a world champion. It's just, uh, yeah. Sometimes you, you have to have not just the players, but the attitude and the mindset in football is very important as well. Yeah. I don't think France is going to repeat as champion, in my opinion. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll see who wins this one. It'll be, it'll be interesting. No, no question. It'll be very interesting. Yeah. Uh, but um, good luck to Holland. <laughs> Shockingly, the Italians did not make it to the final again. Two in a row. Italy did not make Russia and they haven't made Qatar. It's just kind of shocking, but uh, you know, we'll see what happens uh, this time around. Uh, my own thinking is, um, uh, I think uh, the team that uh, has a the best chance, you know, should be France. But I don't think France is going to repeat. I think uh, Argentina is going to play one more time with uh, the great Messi, and who knows? Uh, he he may he may be able to power them to the top. We'll see. Yeah, there is more more countries that have a chance to win this World Cup than that has been in a while. You know, yes. there is 
Yes. Certainly came for an upset. So it'll be fun to watch. It'll be sure. great to watch. I'm looking forward to it, man. It's one of those things. Man. The World Cup. It's fantastic. You know, it's coming to Canada, and that's even better. Yeah, in 2026. It'll be good. We'll definitely get some tickets for that. That's fantastic stuff. So, yeah. so Van Man, you got involved in the men's work. You've led organizations of men. So I want to ask you some specific questions. What, what is it to be a man? To like the principles are timeless. They don't just apply today, but a lot of men today are confused about what it is to be a man. And I want you to tell me from your point of view, what is it to be a man? And how does a man live today as an honorable masculine man? Well, that's a lot of questions in one sentence there. I so. know. That's what I do, man. <laughs> So what I've found over the years is it, being a man can be terribly confusing if you, you know, uh, look around you and see all the stuff that's going on. But I always say to men that ask me the question, the first thing is, why don't you imagine yourself walking around as a man 10,000 years ago? What would be important to you as a man if you would walk around 10,000 years ago? But what that means is that you can then start thinking about what was really important, survival, you know, protection, um, you know, a, a place to stay, you know, food. These were the important things that, that counted for every man that was a day-to-day -day thing. It's like most animals do today. They wake up in the morning and they go and try to get their food for the day. You know, uh, that's important. You have to find a place to stay, you know, uh, procreation, you know, uh, you, you make babies. You know, all these things are the basics for me as a man. There is no other option because that's how we as men have come here. This is how we've survived for hundreds of thousands of years. Of God knows how long we've been around. But there were no cars, there was no money, there was no written language. You know, it didn't matter if you could read or write. It was you were lucky if you could communicate with the guy next door. You know, so those are the important things and those are the basics. Now you can expand on that, and we have to, if you you know, go into this kind of uh, you know, if you go into this century or in this these times, right? Because it has changed, but it isn't. The basic principles haven't changed. That is what it is to be a man. So, if you talk from well as a man, uh, I want to make a lot of money. That has nothing to do with you being a man. It's nice that you want to make a lot of money. There is nothing wrong with it, but it doesn't define you as a man. Because back then there was no money. It didn't define any of the hundreds of thousands of ancestors that you had before. So why would it define you now? You know, it, it comes more down to what is important. If you lay in your bed, uh, you know, taking your last breath when you're 85, does it matter that you made a lot of money? Or did it matter that you had a lot of good relationships with people that people said from, this is a man I used to go to and, uh, you know, for help because he always had words of wisdom. He always knew how to help me through things. Or is it from, you know, oh, yeah, he'll make a lot of money. You know, to me, that's what, you know, helps you get through these times as far as I'm concerned. 
if you, for example, dedicate your life to becoming a researcher, which is an honorable thing to do, and you lay in your bed and you can say to yourself, you know, what I did made really a, a big difference in, you know, uh, um, the human race or, you know, uh, it helped humanity moving forward, then you led a really good life. Now, if you, if, you, if you can do that, you know, and you've been a benefit to humanity, you know, um, then to me, that is a good life. That is a good, you know, you, you did a good job. Now, that doesn't exactly define you as a man. Of course, I understand that. But it certainly is one of the things that, uh, you know, these are the things that you need to look back to when you, you, know, you get old. <laughs> You know, it's the same as um, um, I kind of just retired. We retired because 25 years ago, just before I got married, um, me and my wife, we made a plan. We wanted to have a nice uh, farmhouse and all with a bit of property. And then we built a new house with an apartment for my in-laws. My in-laws were getting old, uh, you know, it's family. Um, and with the apartment, we could take them into the house. They had their own space and uh, we could take care of them as long as we were able to. Now we did that, but it also, uh, you know, uh, what, that was one purpose of buying the property. The other one was to survive, uh, what is it, to provide for us in retirement. So, we did that, uh, you know, we built a house, you know, we lived there for uh, almost 20 something years. Um, then my in-laws passed away and, um, uh, you know, now we were living in a big house with a lot of property uh, and it was time to, you know, sell it. So we sold it. Uh, we did very good on it. So it doesn't look like I have to do any more work for the rest of my life. Now, that doesn't mean I'm not going to work for the rest of my life, but it's no longer necessary in order to survive. So that means now it will allow me to focus differently on different things at the moment. You know, I can volunteer for six months in God knows, you know, Africa if I want to. Or I can go and, you know, do all these other things that were before, you know, not as easy, I'd say, or certainly differently. But again, this was a set up plan. This was something that, you know, you needed to plan for. And now, you know, now it continues. It's the next phase in this whole plan. So for me, having a plan is a good idea. Um, you know, um, if you if you if you're a young man and you want to have a family, then you need to focus on what you need to do to provide for the family. And as a family, so that means you and your wife, you need to decide on 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 what you want this to look like. If you decide to have children, then you need to have a steady place for. 20 years, you know, like most of our parents had. And then that's what you need to provide. That's what you, you know, that becomes the, uh, the goal, the purpose of, of your life. You know, now after 20 years, the kids are gone. That's no longer the purpose. Then you can decide to have another purpose. You know, so again, this is how it worked for me. For 20 years, my purpose was taking care of the in-laws and taking care of this property so that, you know, in the end, when it would be sold, it would provide uh, in retirement and that purpose is fulfilled. You know, now I'm, I'm free to choose another purpose. So 
you said a lot in answer to my loaded questions. <laughs> two things that jump out at me is that, you know, to be good at being a man, you need to be a good planner and you need to be clear on your purpose. So men have yeah. to provide, so you got to make money. There's no question about that. Men have to protect their families. That's important too. Um, and men have to be leaders, preside. There's a man who says protect, provide, preside. And Joanne Mickler, he runs a group called Order of Men. And I think those are important to be sure. But plan and live with purpose are equally right. important in my view. Right. So, so let's let's go to the first one first. Plan. It's simple. Um, you know, uh, years and years and years ago, uh, I was reading something about the Japanese businessmen doing. Uh, you know, they were doing really well, and but that they, if they would get to a meeting with somebody that they'd never met before, they went out of the way to find a, you know, tiny little something that would be personal to the man that they met beforehand and they would bring this to this meeting to me that is the preparation of starting a good relationship but it also to me means that they actually think before this whole meeting about the meeting about what they want to do you know what's going to happen and they think about the other person in the meeting right so that alone gives you a heads up just thinking on what you want to do will give you a heads up on what you want what you want it also provides you with a road path you know if you say from uh, you know uh, we're gonna buy this property and we're gonna uh, make it uh, so that it provides in uh, for our retirement then in the meantime you need to do all that preparation for example, in my case, it would have been cleaning up the property, you know, uh, improving the property, you know, uh, making sure that everything is in working order well. That is all preparation for the next phase is when it all gets sold, right? That means you're always busy with, you know, being prepared for all of this. It is the same as what I said. If you if you start want to start a family, then you need a wife <laughs> as a man, right? So that's the first preparation you need to do. But then you need to think to yourself, well, what do I want in a wife? What are the, you know, the traits that really, you know, um, attract me in women? You know, there is women that are business women that like to go, go, go. Some men really love that kind of trait in a woman. There is other women that don't do that at all. All they do is talk, you know, and some men like that trait in women. So, you know, that's really what it comes down to. You know, you prepare yourself by looking for these things. Um, if, you, if, you, if you find a woman and you decide to have a family, then you need to start thinking, well, do I want one, two or three children or five, whatever. If I do that, you know, what are the consequences of that? And what do I need to do in order to make that all work? You know, it is the same as that you save from, well, I'm starting a, a savings fund for the kids for university. That is preparation for the time when they go to university. You know, so that is why if the plan is there, uh, you're easy, you have a better uh, 
you know, you can be better prepared to fulfill that plan. And I also believe that if you put it out there into the universe, like, for example, you know, you're looking for a woman, you know, if you're going to put it out there and you're going to go out dating and that kind of stuff, then eventually the universe will provide because it is your main focus. And normally, if something would fall in your lap, you wouldn't, you know, react on it. But because you're already aware of that's what you're looking for, when it falls into your lap, you go, hey, look at that, you know. So that's that's what the preparation part is. And then the purpose part is, you know, it allows you to focus. It allows you to just do what you need to do. Right. For example, again, if you want to start a family, then the purpose is to provide for your family and have that family. That means you need to start taking care of the kids. You need to start making money. So you provide, you need to, you know, uh, um, be prepared for all kinds of stuff. Now, you do this, of course, in conjunction with your wife, but it is the same story. That is the purpose that will define for you to do that. You know, that now it doesn't mean you can't have more than one purpose, but uh, my suggestion is not to have too many of them. It's better if it is limited to a few because it allows you to do a better job at each one of them. If you have too many purposes, then uh, it, it can be good, but it is a lot of work, you know. I think fundamentally a man has a overarching purpose. Within that, he can have a lot of um many purposes but there's one overarching purpose that uh, will define your life you can't have more than that because you just don't have the ability to focus in that way like you said i'm a man which means i'm a simple creature and i'm a very simple man i can focus that's on correct. one thing at a time and i can't focus on 10 things at a time that's correct so for men it's actually good to go out and have a job because it'll allow them for, you know, eight hours in a day to focus on something different. Uh, uh, and the purpose overlaps. That means that in your job, you can have different purposes. You know, you can be, you know, leading men or leading teams and, you know, creating this and that. These are all great purposes, right? But it has nothing to do with your overall purpose of providing and having your family. You know, that is just a tool, that eight hours is a tool to serve that other purpose. The kids, the family, the wife, you know. Yeah, so Van Man, you've been involved in men's work for a long time, and you've been part of men's groups, and you've led a men's organization of a couple hundred men. Why do you think that's important? Why was it important for you, and why do you think it's important for men to be a part of this sort of band of brothers? Well, it, it really comes down to the fact that there are, you know, fundamental differences between men and women. And, and uh, most men have a hard time putting on, you know, uh, uh, explaining that or, you know, trying to put your finger on it. Uh, but most men are different if they were just men and then when they are with women especially if there is no other man and all there is around them is women, then their, their behavior is no longer the same masculine behavior that they would have when they're only with men. Mm -hmm. And that is the important thing. You know, um, um, men understand men better than women. 
men that's good men understand women that well now i i have the same you know i believe that the same counts for women women understand women better than they understand men um, so there is nothing odd here or strange but because of that it is important to you know associate with men if you're a man and with women if you're a woman it's just you know that it, it's important now that doesn't mean you have to you know you know men don't really care they they you know I used to fall through the ice, get my knees banged up. I used to uh, hang upside down in the barbed wire. The craziest shit I went through as a little boy. My sister, nothing. I think I was in the emergency room at least a dozen times before I was 12 years old. <laughs> my sister, she has yet to go to an emergency room. You know, there is a fundamental difference. We used to you know, run, jump, you know, climb, do all kinds of crazy shit just because we could. My sister never did any of that stuff. She was not interested in climbing a tree. Now, you know, you can say, oh yeah, well, you know, some women do, I'm sure. But that's not the point. The point is that there are fundamental differences in how men are and how women are. You know, that's very true. and. You need to, as a man, understand how men are and how you want to be as a man. And that's missing in today's society. The reason sovereign man exists is because we want men to A, understand that it's glorious to be a man. It's a fantastic thing to be a man. There's nothing wrong with it. There's everything right with it. Number two, there is a way to be a man and to be good at being a man that's going to work for you. It's going to work for society and it's going to work for your family and you trying to turn yourself inside out in order to fulfill somebody's fucked up politically correct version of what a man ought to be is going to make you feel like shit is going to make society a lesser place and it's going to make women more insecure because women feel secure when they're around solid strong masculine energy and they don't feel so secure when they're around this boyish, uh, haphazard, scared, pseudo-man energy. What are your comments on that? No, no, no. I, I can't even comment on that. I just All I can do is agree with that. Yeah. You know, but that is the thing, right? I mean, you know, um, education, even though I firmly believe that it is important for, you know, a whole bunch of this stuff, but the way it's being done at the moment for little boys to sit still for six hours a day on a desk is just pathetic. Yeah. It just it never transpired. All I can remember from most of my education is sure they taught me how to read, write, and do math. And, you know, I know a bit about biology and history and geography. Sure, that's all great. But all I remember is sitting down, staring outside of the window, trying to hear the bell, so get the hell out of so there. You could go outside and have recess, right? That's yes. what it was all about. Yes. You know, all I wanted to do was not be there. That was really, that was the only thing, right? Now, that doesn't mean that I say that you shouldn't educate your boys, no. Um, but there might be a different way of doing it, that it becomes more beneficial for society. 
because right now it's not really, you know, it's anyway. Amen, brother. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, yeah I, I wholeheartedly agree. You know, I, you can't tr- you can't treat little boys like they're little girls. And at the moment, we're living in a in a in a time where, listen, um, the world's gone a little bit mad. I mean, growing yeah. up, one of my best friends. I had two two men who were my best friends. One of them was gay, and later on, he uh, he you know he, he he discovered he also liked girls, so he was you know bi, yeah. and he couldn't handle it. He couldn't handle being that way, and he killed himself over it. It was horrible. I had no idea that he was thinking of killing himself because if I had known, I would have done everything in my power to uh, keep him alive, keep him from taking yeah. such an action on. And then we, we have a situation where there's a lot of people that are feeling some gender confusion, right? They're, they're experiencing uh, a, um, a lack of understanding of whether they're a man or a woman inside, even though physically, biologically, they're a certain way. And rather than deal with that with some compassion and deal with that in such a way that allows uh, that individual free of freaking pressure and ideology to come to a, um, a good understanding for themselves, they're not trying to force the whole world to say this is good and this is this is normal. Well, I'm, I'm going to tell you flat out, somebody who's facing gender confusion, by definition, by definition is experiencing something other than the norm, you know, yeah. I, I, other than the norm. And that's, to, there's nothing... You know, it, it's that doesn't make them bad. Far from it. It makes them somebody who is worthy of some compassion. But our politicians, for example, our fucking idiot of a prime minister in this country has decided that, you know what? We not only are going to say that's quote unquote normal, we're going to say that that is the way it ought to be. And if you disagree with it, he's a fascist. So you go to jail for five years for disagreeing with somebody who's coming out and saying, hey, man, I'm, I'm born a man, but I've decided I'm a woman and that means I'm a woman. I mean, you for you to say, I don't I don't agree with that. You can go to jail for five years in this country. That's fucked in the head. That's what's messing people up. And for this idiot and other politicians like him around the world to say we want to instead of showing compassion to folks that are going through this, instead of helping them come to a good resolution emotionally and and, and, and and intellectually for themselves, we're going to just cheerlead them into this is insane. It's absolutely insane because there's people that are taking actions because it gets them attention. There are people that are, that are deciding, Hey man, you know what? I was born a man, but now I'm going to be a woman or I was born a woman. Now I'm going to be a man that are doing it because it's trendy and it has nothing to do with what's best for that human being. And it's messing up our society. It's absolutely messing up our society. And I think right now that's one of many issues that our society is grappling with and wrestling with. And, y- y- you know, we don't need to. We don't need to go and, and, and wrestle with the issue of how to, uh, how to deal with gender confusion. It's very simple. Show compassion for the person going through it and let them come to a decision. But don't put it out there and elevate this as this is not only okay but this is the best thing and everybody should do this i mean these guys are nuts these guys are nuts because i know of people that have made a decision as a teenager for example who who are a boy who said i want to i want to i want to become a girl and then by the time they're 25 they go i wish my stupid ass 
parents and teachers had not pushed me down this road and had instead helped me help me think this through properly because right now I wouldn't have done all that. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Then, then, well, you know, I, 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 to a certain extent, you know, I, I, I don't want to, you know, start going into the whole politics and stuff like that. But realistically, there is always groups of people that are a little different and outside the norm. And as a society, you need to accommodate for that. Um, it is the same that you cannot automatically assume that everybody has an IQ of 120 or 130. There is people that just don't have that kind of IQ. And that honestly, you know, you got born with a lesser IQ. That's what you have to work with. And it is the same. With or a higher IQ. If you're born with a higher yes. IQ, that's what you have to work with. Yes. That's not necessarily a bloody blessing for everybody. Some people with a high yeah. IQ have horrible emotional problems. That's correct. And, and, and you know, as if you have a higher IQ, it is your job to actually go down to somebody's IQ if it is lower than you so that they can comprehend you. That's your responsibility that comes with that higher IQ. Because the other way around, if you have a very low IQ, it is impossible for you to go up to a high IQ. But if you have a high IQ, you can actually, you know, um, comprehend the lower IQ's place. You can't do it the other way around. We cannot imagine what Einstein was thinking. Well, Einstein can imagine what we were thinking. That's my whole point here. But again, you know, that isn't it, 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 the fact that society needs to have space for, you know, the things that are different, you know, people with lower IQ, people that are having disabilities, you know, all that needs to be accommodated. You know, we're all human beings. We all have the same, you know, rights, duties and, and responsibilities. But it is also taking care of the weaker person. If you're a strong person in society, it is your duty to take care of the weaker persons in society. It isn't their duty to take care of you. It is your duty to take care of them. You know what? That's, that's really well said. And that men have done that throughout history, right? I mean, that's why primarily men have gone to war. They take care of the people in society who can't go to war, right? That's good. And, and, and is right. Back then, your warriors that would go out and hunt were the young men and, and the middle-aged men in their prime of life. But you wouldn't get the 65-year-old who's done this forever and ever and ever, although he might have been really good, but he can't run for the life of me anymore. You wouldn't send him out to go and hunt a deer. There is just no point. You know, you need to take care of that man. And he took care of you when you were young, you know, by going out, getting a deer. You would eat it. You grew up. Now he can't do it anymore. Now you take care of him. That's the simple rule of society that was always there and that a lot of people seem to forget. Because yeah, nowadays, you know, us for ourselves, that means I'm going to take care of my kids and uh, maybe my parents, and that's about it. But that's not how it used to be. It used to be we had to take care of everybody because everybody took care of us. It was like a two-way street, right? Amen, brother. If you want to go back to the gender thing, you know, uh, there is people that struggle with it and I fully comprehend that. But it doesn't mean that as men, you know, most men don't have this issue. You know, um, the fact that some of them do, you know, we have to accommodate for that. But it is not, you know, a major masculine issue as far as I'm concerned. 
for it's me. not, but I mean, confusion. When someone's confused, I think the best thing you can do for a confused person is to give them the space to get that confusion figured out for themselves in their own time and not push your agenda on them one way or another. You know what I mean? Like uh, one of my best friends, closest friends, his, his eldest daughter decided to transition to being a boy. Uh, and he had a lot of uh, space and, and he's Muslim. This friend of mine is Muslim. So you got, you got to understand this was like a pretty intense thing that happened in their family, but to his credit, he supported his, his child and was there and let the child come to a good decision for himself, yeah. for herself. And herself is now himself. And that's cool. That's cool because that was done in a, in, a, in a sensitive way. It was done in a way that honored that individual's choices. I'm concerned right now that with idiots like Justin Trudeau in charge, of countries and, and, and provinces and cities that all that's going to be washed away and a particular ideological agenda is going to be foisted on society. And again, this isn't a political discussion, but it's, it's important for us as men to like, you know, call a spade a spade, call a tree a tree, and not pretend the emperor's wearing clothes when the emperor's not wearing any clothes. You know what I'm saying? Right. But, but, you know, it, it, you know, uh, it, it's, it's a point in time that you make an observation about and certainly about the political, you know, uh, 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 elite that yeah. <laughs> now we could talk about, we could sit in China and have this discussion about the Chinese leader of the Maoist party is over there, mm. or we could be sitting in Russia and talking about, you know, Putin and how well he's doing for us and how great he's doing for the country. I mean, you know, these discussions, what runs the countries and the elite that, you know, it managed to wiggle a system together that it's crazy that, for example, the liberals get more votes than the NDP, but the NDP gets 31 seats and the liberals gets eight seats. Uh, you know, to me, there is something wrong with this system. Now we can talk about yay or nay, you know, and we can talk about all of this long or short, but the reality of the game is this isn't a democracy. This is a system that is set up to, you know, um, be beneficial to a very small amount of people that then get to run and exercise the power over society. Now, we managed to take this away from the Queen, and now we have a bunch of other guys running the show, but it doesn't really matter. It isn't any better in the United States, Venezuela, Argentina, Bolivia, or Africa, as far as I'm concerned. You know, over there, we'd be talking about, you know, some dictator in Africa that's running the show with his militia or whatever the hell it is. Uh, you know, we can talk about uh, Afghanistan where the Taliban now has taken over and the women are no longer any part of society. They can't go to school. They can't have a job or any of that stuff. And as a man, you could be living in any of these countries. Good. But what I have found over all my years in life, you know, it goes like this. Most people that I meet, that is, you know, family, friends, other people that I meet in other places, uh, they have simple, they, they don't want to run the world. 
They want to make sure that their family is taken care of, that they have food, that there is medical care that they can provide. And so now and then they can throw a party and have some fun with their family and friends and neighbors. And, you know, they can go on a holiday and lay on a beach for a week somewhere. The basic principles of what most people want, and I don't care where you go, it, it's, it's all the same. You know, and that's where the masculine identity comes in. You know, because that's what it counts for. You know, it it, it has no it, it 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 all that other stuff. It is great to say from yeah, you know, I'm a capitalist because everybody should be a billionaire. No, not everybody should be a billionaire. It's totally wrong to you know even comprehend that this is, that the earth could take care of everybody being a billionaire. And then the question is still, who's going to do all the work? You know. It's not the billionaires because they don't be work, they pay for it. So, you know, these are the things. Right? Those are not the important things of being a man in today's society. It's great if you can do it, you know, but, you know, it's like Bill Gates. First, he got defined by making this whole computer era and business and Microsoft and a lot of money. And now he's being defined by giving it all away. Now it's, you know, now he's become charity, number one. I, I just, you know, either one of those two things has more to do with, um, you know, um, a profession, um, the system, as it does, than it does with being a man. You know, there's a lot of truth to what you're saying, Van Man. And I've really enjoyed this conversation. It's been a very powerful conversation, thought-provoking, fun, meandering from here to there and everywhere. But the key theme of this discussion is really what it means to be a man and mm-hmm. to live life as a masculine, honorable man. And I, and, I, and I really, really appreciate that. Maybe we should end off by having you define what is it to be an honorable man? <laughs> Well, I, I'm not really sure if I can define it, but it goes like this. I'll define what it is being a man, because to me, being honorable is part of being a man. Mm, I like honor, it. Honor means something to me. A lot of women don't really understand the concept of honor. But honor goes back a long time. You can go and look back at the, the knights in the Middle Ages, uh, the samurai in, in, in uh, you know, uh, in Japan. And even, you know, all of business used to be an honor. A handshake would be a man's word. Those were important things. That yeah. was his honor. And if he didn't, you know, um, um, you know, held his word, keep his handshake with the other man, then he wasn't honorable. And all men knew that, you know, he, he that would be a blemish on him as a person in a way that is hard to define, but every man back then understood. You know, so for me, being honorable is an important thing as a man. Uh, for me, as a man, providing and building are important things in my life. Um, for me, as a man, the truth is important too. That doesn't mean I always tell the truth. Uh, so now and then I just don't tell it. But that's another story. <clears throat> if you start lying, 
you're not honorable and it becomes a web of complicated things that you can't keep track of anymore. So to me, that's not in my vocabulary. Yes, sure. So now and then I say that the fish that I caught wasn't eight inches, but 10 inches. You know, that's, you know, bending the truth a little, but that's not what this is about. To me, this is, you know, um, being a man is being honorable, being truthful, you know, uh, being clear on your purpose and, and, and uh, you know, doing whatever you can to fulfill that purpose. And I certainly, you know, for me, um, it defines me as a man, but it also counts for women. And that is family. Family is important. You help the people that, you know, are in your family become good human beings. Amen. So. That's powerful stuff. That's a great way to end this episode. Van Man, this has been in the making for a long time. I really appreciate you taking the time to do this. And if you listen to this show and you're a man and you are not part of a brotherhood of men, consider the Sovereign Circle. Go to SovereignMan.ca. The Sovereign Circle is our exclusive mastermind. It's a brotherhood of men that are about Iron sharpening iron about becoming better and stronger men. You know, men need the energy of fathering in their lives, not just when they're boys, but when they're in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, even 90s. That fathering energy is what has you be on your toes, be sharper and better in every area of your life. And men who lack that are lacking something in their life. They're missing a way, a path, a structure to make them be the best version of themselves whether it's as a, as a husband, as a father, as a family member, as a, as a provider, as a business owner, as an employee, as, a, um, as an athlete, whatever it is that you decide is important to you as a man, you need that fathering energy because fathers have your back, but fathers push you to get out of your comfort zone. So make sure you go check out the Sovereign Circle at SovereignMan.ca. Check it out right away. And uh, if you enjoyed this episode, send us a note on social media. Let us know what you liked about it and share it with somebody else who could use hearing this message. Catch you on the flip side. Thank you for listening to the Sovereign Man Podcast. If you're ready to take charge of your life and become the man you've always wanted to be, we invite you to join the movement at SovereignMan.ca.